Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From 
the center of the galaxy. Still, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition and the first of 2017 of Force Center, the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. We are our own Admiral Raddus. I am joined, as always, and thankfully for another show and uh, another year, Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. You are both back from the holidays. We're ready to go, Joseph. That's right. Let's probe that shield, is the great Admiral Raddus. <laughs> Always says. From that shield. From that shield. <laughs> Jennifer, oh, in your Ewok t-shirt? Yes, I am not wearing my Rogue One attire. No. I always keep it yub-nub friendly. <laughs> now, this is a, uh audio podcast, but I'm going to describe the shirt. You've got uh, you got three. Is it, is it Wicked? It's Wicked. Low Gray? It sure looks like Low Gray. And, uh, or is it Tebow? I don't know if it's Tebow or Low Gray. It was is it we got a, I think we got a Low Gray and a Tebow. Low Gray and a Tebow. Yeah. And yeah. Wicked. Mm-hmm. And a very well detailed designs, pictures almost Clearly, of, of they're, Ewoks. They're plotting to overthrow Chief Chirpa. But That's all <laughs> three of them are staring up at the unfinished Death Star like mm-hmm. they're going to do something about it. Howling <laughs> at the moon. So That's right. Yeah. What is that ugly human-made moon? We're going <laughs> to take it down somehow. I I would like to put that design on the side of a van. <gasps> that would no, be a van go. mural to end all van murals. Just blaring Yubnub. Oh <laughs> Some sort God. of late 60s acid rock version Love of Yubnub it. blaring out from Yub-nub. that van. Someday when I'm 60. <laughs> great. Guys, we're back. I'm so glad we uh, survived the holidays. We're back. Four Center's going to be uh, onward and upward here in 2017. Things coming, new shows, new ways for you to support us, and uh, a lot more things coming down. Uh, it is a big year st- for Star Wars. I mean, 2012 was, 13, 14, 2015, perhaps the biggest year for Star Wars since 1977. But guys, following the success of Rogue One and heading towards Episode Eight, this is a pretty crazy big year. Yeah, I think it is a, a year of uh, surprises and conflict even for Star Wars fans. In the 40th anniversary, there's so mm-hmm. much going on that you keep forgetting, like actual 40th oh, yeah. anniversary That's of this whole Star Wars thing. Wow. That's crazy because it also means I'm turning 41 this year because I was <laughs> in a drive through uh, drive-in theater with my folks swaddled <laughs> watching New Hope. Uh, on the uh, on the break, in Star Wars. <laughs> swaddled in Star Wars is a good way. My life started well. <laughs> it was all uphill from there as a Star Wars fan. Uh, guys, we took a little bit of a break for the holidays. We want to thank you in the audience for staying with us and welcoming us back here. Um, but there was a lot of big news that uh, broke during our absence. Some interesting things about Rogue One and the the movies to come and also sad, tragic news. And this is our chance to get together and talk about it, even though we may have talked about it in other places, including myself and my car, as I try to process (laughs) all this news. But, uh, guys, let's start with uh, the biggest, the saddest, and how we're doing and how we're processing it is that uh, we we all lost Carrie Fisher uh, uh, during the Christmas break, what was on the 26th, I believe, and then tragically, her mother passing away the next day, which was surreal at best, just so, uh, hard to sit and watch during the news. Um, but this was a, a loss for a lot of people as a, the friends and family of Carrie Fisher first, of course. Uh, that is the big, biggest loss, but us as a Star Wars fan community. So, guys, Joseph, you are you are the one to start <laughs> me, to help me process. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that... Uh, obviously it is just like tremendously sad as a Star Wars fan if mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher had never done anything but play sure. Princess Leia in the original trilogy I think she would have meant a lot to us right uh, the fact that she did so much else in her life that everybody has you know documented well of all of the writing and the honesty about mm-hmm. mental health challenges uh, that would all be a lot 
Yeah. But I think the fact that she was so much a part to me of what was successful about the return of Star Wars in 2015. I would agree. Here and on Jedi Alliance, I mm-hmm. talked a lot about not just Princess and General Leia, but Carrie Fisher. Yeah. That Good Morning America interview oh. with Gary the dog is one of the <laughs> best pieces of entertainment Comedy, humanity, it's six minutes, and it all boils down into that. She did such a great job of representing the character, the film. It's the part of Force Awakens that made me cry in the theater the first time I saw it was... uh, Mm-hmm. Leia and Han hugging, mm-hmm. and it was not only the power of that those characters, but the power of Carrie Fisher is an mm-hmm. older woman who had gone through the battles of life mm-hmm. being up there on that screen and kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, so I think that made it even more painful that she just kind of came back to the forefront of our lives, mm-hmm. in particular if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. It... It, almost surreal in a way. When I first heard the news, uh, I was uh, getting my oil changed in my car, waiting for my mom to come. I was visiting my parents, yeah. and then I, uh, Christian Harloff texted me, and it was surreal, just so surreal that this would be the ending to the story, so to speak, and her story and legacy will go on. Yeah. But just that was... Because it was about her kind of coming back in a way. Uh, I, I, don't, I haven't talked about this other places I've been talking about this issue, but there was a time... Where uh, Carrie Fisher, her weight gain, her struggles, had kind of become a punchline. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. In, in a society kind of way, um, where you'd see those pictures of her and look at the princess now. And it's like, and to see her fight through that, too. Yeah. To come back as the, uh, as, as, as the general to us all on and off screen was, was great. And so I was heartbroken that, uh, like, no, she just, she, she had just kind of come back in the limelight and was doing so well representing so many different things and issues fun and, and, and just being damn funny. Yeah. Number one. Yeah, I think <sighs> finding herself. Like, yes. Because we, it's easy for us to just think of Carrie Fisher as always being strong and funny and honest because those are the qualities that she brought to Leia. Right. And as Star Wars fans, we live with Leia. Carrie Fisher struggled to sure. be able to, to be that person always. And I think yeah. she came more into her own of... Uh, maybe even possibly just from age of like, I really don't care. I, yeah. I'm going to bring my dog. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to be in charge of my interview. I'm not going to let anybody else be in charge of my interview. Right. Mm. And that, that had a power to it. Right. What, do you, what are your thoughts, Jennifer? Oh, it was just absolutely devastating. And I didn't want to believe it. Um, but when I read the first reports, I, I knew that it was not looking good. And mm-hmm. I think that I think that everything that you guys said is, is totally true. And it's why it feels like such a loss. And it feels so selfish because we know her daughter and her mm-hmm. family, you know, they're really suffering with this as well. Um, and it's interesting because she... I've been working on a new Jedi beat um, where I'm looking at her life. And something that she always talked about was like how she had to share her mother, Debbie Reynolds, with the rest of the world. And how difficult that was, but how she kind of learned to embrace it. And so in some ways, her daughter, Billy, has had to do the same thing, like Mm, to share her mother with the world. But at least from outward appearances, it seems like Billy has embraced that. I Mm -hmm. saw Billy on a, um, uh, what is it, Kathy Lee and Hoda interview. And she just... Her mother and her grandmother were her heroes. Yeah. And I think that I'm I'm Mm -hmm. reading The Princess uh, Diarist, and I was watching Bright Lights last night, and I just 
she that's who I want to be when I'm 60 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. It, embracing who she is. I think she had a great quote. It's like, uh, my, my weaknesses are, wait, what was, oh, I, I won't be able to quote it properly. But she recognized what her weaknesses were, and right. she she's like owned it. You know, yeah. you can't hurt me because I recognize these weaknesses in myself. And that is incredibly powerful. Um, mm. And it's so fascinating to read in The Princess Diaries how insecure she was right. off screen. And yet she embodied this this strong female character of Princess Leia. You would never know that, that off screen she was mm. really, the, the insecurities were yeah. kind of, not debilitating, but she was riddled with those insecurities. Yeah, dominating really, in a yeah, way. Yeah, dominating, yeah. Exactly. I really enjoyed The Princess Diarist. I, mm-hmm, I would strongly recommend if you're a Star Wars fan at all to check that out because obviously it, it revolves around Star Wars, but it is very yeah. revealing of, of even more honesty than we're used to from Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher, that Bright Lights documentary is amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. just incredibly powerful. But it, watching or reading The Princess Diarist, and then right around the time, because my wife had got it for me for Christmas before we even knew that, that right. Carrie Fisher would sadly leave this mortal realm, um, reading that she felt insecure mm-hmm. in interviews, and then she passes away, and then YouTube is filled with those interviews. Right. It's a powerful combination to mm. see that we now know that there is this incredibly articulate, incredibly funny, who sees things from a unique and interesting way person. Mm-hmm. And in those, some of those interviews, you can see her trying to fully be that person, to right. fully be herself. And to see kind of clueless, often dudes, because that was the era, mm-hmm. just bulldoze her. Right mm. in these right. interviews, and you know from yes. those diaries from from who she fully became. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you know, and you said I want to be her when when I'm sixty, mm-hmm. and I, I would love to be her when I'm sixty. But uh, that that uh, watching all of that makes me want to be her now. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. To remind me, absolutely. To remind everybody, especially you know, if you feel like maybe you're not heard or maybe you're not always understood, to not let the world bodo- bulldoze you and mm-hmm. say fit in this box. Mm-hmm. It is amazing too. I've been combing through all these interviews from when she was, you know, in, in A New Hope to then in the in the eighties and the nineties, and what a dramatic turn! I mean, she really learned. She even told, I think it was Charlie Rose. She's like, I love talk shows. This is my arena. <laughs> and seeing how she really just learned how to command that, and how she learned how to charm the pants off of yeah. every person that she came in contact with. Such a contrast from how she was as this young girl trying to figure out right. if she even really wanted wanted to be in show business. She hadn't really even made up her mind yet, right. you know, and then all of a sudden she's in what, at shampoo 19, and then star Wars. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Wow. So, but Oh my gosh, what a life. I want to go to you, Jennifer, specifically to being a, a child of the eighties and a star Wars fan of the eighties and having, having Carrie Fisher up there mm-hmm. being, uh, you know, all due respect to Mon Mothma, the only, <laughs> only <laughs> female in the star Wars story of, of any merit or note, mm-hmm. and Peru as well, I guess we should pay. Uh, and what that meant to you, as a young girl uh, being a Star Wars fan. She was a hero. She was somebody to aspire to. She was somebody that I never dreamed I could ever be like. So that's why I think what was so great was during the 80s, my mom, you know, subscribed to People Magazine. And so I would read about, I would learn about Carrie Fisher. And it was weird because Princess Leia was Princess Leia and Carrie Fisher was her own person. I kind of never really connected that Carrie Fisher was portraying Princess Leia, if that makes sense. But I, I liked 
Carrie Fisher because she was flawed, she was imperfect. I could identify with her, mm-hmm. you know, with her her uh, dealing with all these struggles. And so, yeah, it's pretty profound that both yeah. off screen and on screen, she's been tr- truly a hero for so many of us. Yeah, so well versed in so many different ways, which is what it's great that even now some people are just now learning that she was a script doctor. A lot of things. I think oh, we yeah. all kind of knew that as fans mm-hmm. that yeah. was growing up. But I remember when I first started learning it. Uh, by the time late 80s when I'm getting the junior high, high school where you're realizing, like you said, Princess Leia, oh, that's an actress that's right. portraying her. Uh, when I first learned that she did writing, I was like, I was fascinated to, and, and I'll say this because it was a naive, ignorant time, was like, oh, like like a like a female writer. I've never, like, it, it, it kind of, like, oh, that's a cool thing. So that opened up my mind to to my little naive little 12-year-old Princess Leia's in a bikini mind to, like, <laughs> oh, she's got this other side. And so, right. and she did have this other side, this great other side. So it was uh, I like that that is finally really exploded out, even in, in death, unfortunately, that people are like, hey, she did this, she did that. You didn't know she wrote on Sister Act and this yeah. or that. And in that Bright Lights documentary, yeah. uh, no huge spoilers, but she does a bunch of singing. Oh, my gosh. Right. And singing? oh, my God. Yeah. The it clip is, of her when she's 15? When she's 15, singing a song that her written by her future husband. I know. Yeah, it's I in, freaked yeah. out. Really, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I have to watch this. early clip of her. Of Debbie Reynolds kind of saying, like, I need you to be a part of my nightclub act because oh, that's boy. what this family does. That's what we do, kid. And, and Carrie Fisher kind of, you know, very young, a little like, oh, all right. And then, oh, that deep voice mm-hmm. just destroying Bridge Over Troubled Water. <laughs> and they're like, that's, I didn't know she could sing that well. That's yeah. so amazing. Holy crap, she's going to marry, marry him. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah um, it's, uh, and then she continues, there's even more of that singing. Uh, you know, I, I think watching Bright, White, Bright Lights kind of encapsulated for me uh, the, some of the power of what, what her life perspective was, mm-hmm. in that she seems to be compelled to undercut uh, things with jokes. Mm-hmm. Because that's the most honest perspective. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that was her perspective on Leia of, yeah. I understand that this is in honor and I take it seriously to be the emissary in this world of Leia. Mm-hmm. But it's also ridiculous right. that <laughs> all of you want to talk about masturbating to me in a, a bikini. So, <laughs> yes. so this is beautiful and special and stop talking to me about jerking off. I love and that. In a way, that's my view of the world. I'm like <laughs> That's why I love comedy. You yeah, yeah. Almost nothing is one thing. Almost everything. Everything is two things, and they're yes. almost always beautiful and a little ugly. <laughs> and comedy is a, a way to accept that and package it. And I feel like that's that's the yeah. gift that she gave us. You're, you're making yeah. me think of that clip of uh, the Force Awakens promotions. I think it was on Graham Norton where she's talking to yeah. Daisy Ridley and oh, starts yeah. talking about guys. Uh, be careful what they're going to do to you, and Daisy Ridley. Like it had never occurred to her. Yeah. What? Oh my god, that's disgusting. <laughs> Finn's just laughing there. John Boyega's laughing. Um, right. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know everything that she had become. Um, there was a, and yeah, you know, we talk about her demons and stuff she struggled with, and, and her drug use was pretty well known. Mm-hmm. And again, her weakness kind of becomes her strength, where it's like, yes, this is what I struggled with, this is why I struggled with it, this and that. Um, I, I know, and that certainly probably factored into what had happened. I think of my old, uh, my old hero and a, 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 a man I had a chance to know for a while, which is Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm. who died around the same age in 2015 of heart attack, and that was because of what his body had gone through, but in his final years, you could tell he too had found peace and comfort with being Rowdy Roddy Piper to everyone and uh, and became kind of this... uh 
this old sage of like, hey, here's how I effed up too. Mm. He would call my friend who, who we had become friends with and just say, hey, man, where are you? How's your family? Go to your daughter now. Say hello. Do that. Trust me. Do it. And Carrie, especially when I got to see her in person, it, it just you could tell that there was this like, yep, I'm Princess Leia, but I've done a lot of things. And here's got me here. And and again, own it, but also, you know, be careful. And, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. and, and, and she was just so realistic about it. So that, that to me also factors into why it was sad to lose her, but also why it was, she becomes so important to all of us in this, yeah. in this mm-hmm. last year. You're so right, Joseph. Like the, the key to 2015 and Force Awakens, I think Harrison coming back to actually be in the movie. Yeah. The emergence of, of Luke Skywalker finally getting his due as the man who never left Star Wars. And then Carrie Fisher kind of taking on this mantle of, of uh, uh, not, our, not our grandmother, but just our, our general. Our matriarch. Our yeah. matriarch. When I saw her on screen looking like a real woman looks like at her age, that was one of the most powerful things for me. We don't get to see actresses age, you know, unfortunately yeah. all the... You know, the things that pressures that are put on actresses um, to basically look like they're 20 is just kind of ridiculous. And she not only represented that on screen, but she addressed that on Twitter all the time, which I loved. (laughs) What do you expect? Oh, yeah, of course I've aged since you last saw me in the metal bikini, (laughs) sir. Yeah. And also being so honest about like. I don't like getting older either. Yeah. Find me a human who does. Right, Get exactly. off my back. Who likes aging? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. None of us like aging. No. And I have to deal with the extra baggage of you mm. guys all think I should be bikini ready, frozen in time in 1983. <laughs> exactly. And it's ridiculous yeah. and funny and sad and all of those things all at yeah. once that she communicated so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. And uh, again, I've, I've said before, but just seeing see what she meant to... to um, in person, seeing what she meant to some of the the young girls struggling with their own kinds of anxieties, depressions, and bipolar, and all these kind of uh, serious things, and see what she meant, um, you know, transcended Star Wars. Starts yeah. with yeah. Star Wars, but it goes beyond it, and that's where I do feel for those. But but luckily, uh, some of this fame and and this this uh, this level of fame, the, the legacy will always remain, and uh, yeah. hopefully, we can all help kind of keep continue to put that out there for the people who still. Who still need it? Still need her? Yeah, uh, and need her story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Princess Diaries is on its way to me. Uh, it was sold out, back order. Oh wow! Because I had uh, put in an order for it. And, oh, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm delighted to hear that. Yeah. 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 Um, and the bright lights thing. I'm, I'm going to try to get myself to watch that. Uh, thought I thought for a little bit too soon. But, get a uh, yeah. mountain of tissue. Yeah. For, yeah, for the uh, the well, laughing, the crying, uh, and the ugly laugh crying. Well, then, I mean, gosh. the combination with Debbie Reynolds too. Yeah, is, yeah, is, and I know you are also. I, I am a fan of old Hollywood, and I yeah, know you like too. that era. And there's so much. There, uh, yeah, there, and, every single frame of that. I yeah. could cry for 15 minutes about every frame of that. <laughs> that you know, a lot that, of it's that one shot happy people, crying. Yeah, that people yeah. were tweeting out the day that, uh, Debbie passed away of, of young, like, eight- or nine-year-old Carrie watching her mother sing from the side of the oh. stage. Yeah. Just, just, Ooh. it's one, it just is one of those surreal things uh, that it's, that's what's a little hard to process for both of them. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, we could, we could talk and I think we would want to talk and Jennifer, I'm so happy to hear you doing a Jedi beat about Carrie yeah. Fisher and, uh, um, Princess Land. I'm sure it's not just about Hoth gear, right? <laughs> no, it's not. And we're going to cover a lot Which of ground. is my favorite Princess Leia, by the way. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. We're in agreement. We're in agreement we on that one. We're in agreement. One. Um, 
we do have news to talk about. Like I said, uh, that pertains to the movies and even some stuff to uh, the character of Princess Leia. So, Jennifer, as always, take us through the news. Right. Well, while we're all still grappling with Carrie Fisher's passing, Lucasfilm and Disney have the difficult task to try and figure out how this is going to affect Leia's story in Episodes 8 and 9. So, according to The Hollywood Reporter, General Leia was set to have a bigger role um, in Episode 9. So, the question is... Are they going to rewrite her story? Are they going to cast a new actor to play her? Or will they recreate her like they did in Rogue One? Yeah. Mm. How do you guys feel about recasting Leia? I've seen some people online saying, if the story is really amazing, let's just recast her. Yeah. I... Do you mind me jumping in there, Ken? Go, because I'm just going to exhale for a while. Okay, (laughs) sounds good. Uh, Yeah, even before this became like a a real talking point, I thought about this. I have my own issues sort of with the CGI, and we'll talk about that a little bit more because I was popping up in our news Mm -hmm. uh, roundup. But I do feel like it is important to separate the legacy of Carrie Fisher and the legacy of the character Princess Leia. Yes. Carrie Fisher said a lot that she was the ambassador of this character, her Mm -hmm. emissary on Earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while it would be really weird to see someone else as Princess Leia, I feel like if the story as planned revolves around General Leia confronting mm-hmm. her son who murdered his father that she sent to get him. If it, if it, that is what was planned, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that feels like it is the most honorable thing to the character of Princess Leia hmm. to let her story be completed. Wow. I have no doubt that they can find some way between episode eight and episode nine to, without using too much CGI, respectfully get her off the stage mm-hmm. uh, of the narrative and mm-hmm. fulfill the narrative in other ways. But I I want to see General Leia be the hero. She, this is the last... I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll wrap up and move on because I, no, no, I know good. I'm um, the So much of Leia's story, as people have been pointing out more and more, is everybody else turns to the dark side or runs away. Mm-hmm. And Princess and General Leia has was raised with the... Uh, value of duty, honoring duty from her father, Bail Organa, and always Mm. stays there and always gets the job done. Right. And we can read that as deep Star Wars nerds, but the spotlight is never put on that is in the movies themselves, that she's never the one who goes away. Mm -hmm. So if that character has a triumphant moment planned of, I'm I'm the one who never went away, Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's going to solve this for the galaxy, Mm. I don't want that taken away for that character. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I 100% understand where you're coming from. I'm not going to disagree. It just, it's so jarring to think of. I know. Um, but we had, I think we'd started to have some episode eight conversations here on the show uh, where it was like, hey, I hope Leia is still standing at the end. Yeah. As, as finally the one who, you know, the memes of, we see of, you know, Luke cried when he, Obi-Wan died and she stayed strong. So yeah, your, your point is Hundred percent correct. Like the character needs that. Yeah. Uh, like if it had been in a, if it's novel form, we wouldn't question it for a second. Obviously, yeah. um, it's hard to comprehend. And um, the CGI thing, we'll talk. I, I'd be. I. I. I had less of a problem with Tarkin on a lot of across the board levels than other people. Did. Yeah. Um, might also hope that Peter Cushing passed away twenty two years prior yeah. um and and it's and it's a smaller character that we've seen on the cartoons you know and everything blah 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 but um so i don't know if they find a way to do it 
I'd be open to it because I think mm. you're right to hear that. Though at episode nine, she was that character, and eight, yeah. which fortunately, you know, is the shooting's completed. Um, I could, I could, I could get behind it in a weird. My exhale isn't that I'm against CGI or against recasting. Yeah, my exhale is is just. Gosh, just it's again surreal trying to process her passing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When I that first day, uh, just because we're so steeped in Star Wars discussion, I did think, oh man, what are they gonna do? Right. Yeah, it's not. I don't think that's disrespectful as a fan to think to yourself, oh man. Like, well, yeah, because like we were yeah. talking about, it, I think it goes beyond Star Wars. She was yeah. a, a presence on screen that we don't normally get to see. Yes, and and out of all of the characters in Force Awakens that we wanted to see more of, we wanted to see more of General Leia. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Jennifer. Well, uh, I'm going to disagree. Uh, you know, I I definitely see both of your points, and mm. I think that if they did recast her, it would certainly make sense. I want to see a great Leia story and have her story come to a great conclusion. Um, you know, somebody said, "Well, look at Dumbledore. They recast him." Yeah, and I I liked this the second Dumbledore. I thought that's he was good, great. That's a good example. Good point. Yeah. But. But we've lived with this character of Leia and Carrie Fisher for so long. I do think that it might be a little jarring. It mm-hmm, might mm-hmm. take me out of that moment of being able to even enjoy the story of her because I'm going to be like, that's well, not Carrie Fisher. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think that they have to do what's best for the story. And I think you're right. I do think that Carrie would be okay with it. I think that she... I mean, yeah, I, mean, I Could yeah, they I, ask yeah. Billy? You know, could they ask the family? Like, <laughs> yeah. how would you guys feel? Yeah, yeah. and know? I'm not going to guess, you know, especially with somebody like Carrie Fisher. One of the things I valued about her is, like, I'm not going to be able to guess what you think. Yeah, she's <laughs> You're yeah, incredibly right. unique. So yeah. I'm not going to guess what, what she would want. Right. We have yeah. a lot of evidence where we could say, like, well, she had a complicated relationship with being Princess Leia and a complicated relationship with the fact that George Lucas just owned her image yeah. and could put her on whatever. She's made a lot of jokes. Yes. Yeah. Always lay a shampoo. Uh-huh. Yeah, is and how much does she mean that? And is would this be a like, oh, you are gonna hire another actor, another sixty mm. year old woman, and then you're gonna wipe away her face with a computer and put mine on it because oh. you still own it. Yeah, there is a level of uh, beauty and horror in that that I th- certainly think that she would get a whole new hour long comedy special yeah. out of mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, but I don't know how I feel about that. I don't uh, like that. Yeah. I also think that, you know, we already have a new Han Solo, mm-hmm. a new actor playing Han Solo. Yeah. I think after uh, I am long dead and gone, mm-hmm. there will still be actors playing these characters. I well, think and I'm going to cast a Joseph Scrimshaw on Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please do. Yeah. Uh, please absolutely. do. I'd be, you know, yeah. sample my voice. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, make it, me say things. It's so touchy. And again, uh, uh, I, I would be totally okay with them. Um, writing the character off in a right way, like somehow, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess the problem being eight's completed and you can't do those kind of reshoots. I don't know what you're going to do, you know, and if the story, if eight ends and it's key to nine, it's, you don't want nine to start and have be like, oh, by the way, Princess Leia passed away. Like, e- yeah. it's a tough, tough, work. tough place that Lucasfilm is in right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, an unfortunate byproduct of, of the realities of life. But mm-hmm. um, so um, I don't know. 
Yeah. What do you guys out there think? Let us know. It, I'm sure will be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can all agree that there are no good options. It's There's just no good options. What's the best, yeah. worst option? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Well, no matter how we feel about CGI Leia mm-hmm. or Tarkin in Rogue One, mm-hmm. the work that ILM did to make it happen is really groundbreaking. It's fascinating. Oh my gosh. Nightline did got an exclusive look at the technology, industrial light, and magic used for the film. The visual effects team and Guy Henry, the mm-hmm. actor who portrayed Tarkin, binged watched every Tarkin scene in A New Hope over and over again. In fact, Guy Henry did his performance on set and in costume and wore a head-mounted camera rig to capture his facial performance. And if Henry's performance didn't match Peter Cushing's performance, the VFX team would adjust it frame by frame, constantly refining the most subtle details. I, personally, Mm -hmm. did not like Right. In the film. Uh, I mean, I, I liked the story, but I didn't think it necessarily worked as well as, as mm-hmm. I would have liked. But after watching that, I'm like, you know, I can get over it because that's a mm-hmm. pretty amazing process <laughs> with what yeah. they did. It was. It's, oh, my gosh. And, it, and I love that it keeps in tradition with what Star Wars, ILM, and yeah. uh, Lucasfilm has done. Like, exactly. And I love yeah. the imagining Ben Mendelsohn being talked down to by a guy with a bunch of gear on his head. <laughs> like he has a cranial injury. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm better than you. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a fascinating process. It's a great story. If you guys haven't watched that video, just go watch it. I mean, uh, how far they've come from the days of Jar Jar, which again, say what you will about Jar Jar, but that was a pretty groundbreaking character. Yeah. Pretty groundbreaking process um, that's done, evolved to be done so well in the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, But humans is different. Yep. Humans is different. They Especially humans about. that we know, because we've all sort of binge-watched Grand Moff Tarkin in <laughs> yes. our own way as yes. Star Wars yes. nerds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I know at least one person who, I think it might have been you, Jennifer, were you talking about how he did, he had all sorts of facial gestures, like many, like too many, like it was almost a best of facial gestures thrown in? Uh, you mean uh, Guy Henry or Peter Cushing? The, the uh, Tarkin ultimately in Rogue One. Mm. That oh. I heard somebody oh, say that uh, that, mm. that was their criticism of it, that he seemed like he had too many ticks, like it was trying to be too accurate, too and accurate. it tipped oh. into the, like, it's a best of, of facial expressions. I could see that. That Grand Moff Tarkin oh, made. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, yes, there was a little bit of that. Uh, not, I, I liked it maybe more than Jennifer, only because I think it was key to the story, yeah. but I still... You know, some of the close shots, I was like, pull back, pull back. <laughs> right. You see the mouth, and you that's the to mouth. me yeah. where he was, oh, no, that's not yeah, working. Yeah. And, not and working. there was a little piece of hair, if you want, like oh. they have a little stringy piece of hair, you know, like it's a loose hair. And uh, I thought, ah, nice touch. Uh, but I noticed it. See? You know, right. it made, it made yeah. me think. And, and, and look, it, for ILM, it's a win-lose-lose uh, lose situation, I should say, um, because it's a, they pulled off something fantastic, but it was with a person that we all knew. So it just created a tough, 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 tough spot. Yeah. It worked for me uh, because I love that Star Wars pushes the technology mm-hmm. and I don't mind it being a little wonky watching it. It worked for me because of the kind of character that he was and the level he was. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he is a very important, beloved side character who is important to the story at that point. Mm-hmm. But to compare it to the Leia to give to create one of the big three, a character who is mm-hmm. full of humor and emotion. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to animate somebody who is their defining character trait is being sort of stiff and angry. Yeah, mm. it's different than animating somebody who is full of humanity. Excellent point. Yeah, excellent point. Great point. That is, uh, it, it's it, Tarkin is dour and grim. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You're absolutely right. That's why Jar Jar was so hard. Because <laughs> we all, he just had too much love to show. <laughs> oh, man. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, what's been fascinating is that in, over the past few weeks, we've been learning a lot more about Rogue One and the process and how they did it. So John Gilroy and Colin Goody, two editors who worked on Rogue One, sat down with Yahoo UK to discuss their role on the film. They talked about the shots that were added during the reshoots, um, like the introduction scene with Cassian and the informant, and Bodhi meeting Adrio Tutubes on Jeddah. They also... Why are you guys laughing? It's just, that's <laughs> great, great. Great pronunciation of Tutubes. Oh, Adrio Tutubes. Two, yeah, now you even do tubes. it. Two tubes. Sounds a little bit more official that way. Uh, instead of two tubes. They also revealed <laughs> that back uh, in the fall of 2014, mm. there was no script, uh, just a story breakdown. So Colin Goody made a story reel for the film. His job was to rip hundreds of movies to basically make Rogue One using other films so that they could work out how much dialogue they actually needed in the film. So, for example, when Jin gets interrogated at the beginning of the film uh, by Mon Mothma, um, he used the scene where Ripley gets interrogated in Aliens. Wow. Wow. And after he said that, I went and I looked at that scene, and 
It's pretty similar. In fact, even the rhythm hmm. of the dialogue, which we did not end up seeing in the in the film, which was uh, you know on your own since you were sixteen or whatever right. it was from the trailer, yeah, is kind of similar to the dialogue from Aliens. Oh, where they're like listing what has happened to her. Mm-hmm, the hmm. rhythm of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally searching, obviously. But yeah, but have hmm. you guys ever heard of this kind of process? Is this a common thing to do a story reel? I mean, there's the famous expensive? the the famous Star Wars that Luke has mm-hmm. cut together all of the dogfight aerial footage from. Right. Or two to get right. the yeah. so I, I've heard of it in terms of battles. I had heard of it in, too in Rogue One too with Vietnam news footage. Yeah, they were putting together some of the battle shots, which are are it's apparent when you watch the final battles. There's a lot of like newsreel footage, so to speak, from, yeah. from the Vietnam era. But I'm sure this yeah. is done before. But this is also a little bit. And it's not a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad process. I'm not criticizing it, but there's a little bit to what you talk about, Joseph, about the, the, this is made in a think tank. The movies are made at a conference room table. It it, it feels like that to me. Not that, again, I'm not criticizing this process. I'm sure this has been done other times, but to hear that they didn't have a script or story and let's just say, or we have a story, but let's just figure this out. Yeah. The big beats of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not criticizing. It's just, it sounds different to me. Yeah. I mean, I, the more that I watch Rogue One, the more I experience it, the things I like and the things I don't like, Mm -hmm. it is such a George Lucas movie Mm -hmm. where there is just a little bit of remove from the characters Mm. and that it is Mm. about, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any of the clunky dialogue or the stiff acting that is in the prequels and, and harms the prequels sure. humanity. Right. I agree. Um, even though I love them. Uh, but it's a little bit more of that sort of assembly of mm-hmm. the, you know, everybody made fun of George Lucas. He was, you know, the guy who was really saying a lot in the early two thousands. Oh, we'll fix it in post. The, the movie <laughs> yeah. really comes together when you edit it. Right. Yeah. And this is starting with that perspective right. of the, the essence of montage versus mise-en-scene of yeah. mm-hmm. we cut this thing together. This thing doesn't exist. It's a compilation of tiny pieces that we assemble and coming at it so much from that attitude rather than from the perspective of a character of like, well, if you, if your father had built this horrible thing and you kind of believed it, but kind of didn't, and it was your job to go find him, what would you do? How would you approach it? To not approach it from that character perspective Mm -hmm. is a really different kind of writing. Mm -hmm. And obviously filmmakers make things lots of different ways. Yeah. But it's really interesting that Gareth Edwards, uh, and and whoever is involved in that choice came at it from that yeah. almost more sort of scientific perspective yeah. of let's right. put it together like we're creating, you know, mm-hmm. something in the lab. Whereas, whereas <laughs> I feel like I get the sense that Ryan Johnson just went in a room and wrote a script. Um, you know, and, and there, look, there's a lot of talented writers who worked on Rogue One, Gary, yeah. Gary Witta, Chris White, and all those, the, Tony Gilroy late, late in the game. Um, but again, it just op- the movie has opened itself up to this kind of quarterback, Monday morning quarterbacking because... It, the trailers, man. <laughs> Those trailers just Those still trailers. get me. Yeah, that that's not what we saw. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think Jennifer's next, next piece of news uh-huh. about that is really important yeah. about the trailers. Yeah. So that shot that we all loved with Jin or so turning around in that hallway as the lights came on so dramatic. Yeah. What will you become? So that was actually never meant to be in the film, according to Gareth Edwards. Okay. Uh, speaking at a Directors Guild screening of Rogue One, Edwards explained that every day during filming, they do what's called indie hour, where for an hour they would shoot random stuff for no reason just to see what would happen. So that powerful shot of Jen Erso came about because Felicity Jones was just walking through that tunnel to get to her next uh, scene. Someone switched on the lights and it was this dramatic shot and Gareth goes, oh, oh wait, 
Let's, let's get that. So it turned out into like 17 takes a half hour later. And afterwards, everyone's like, so what was that for? He's like, I don't know. I just thought it looked good. It's just beautiful. Yeah. That's a great shot. So he totally forgot about it. And then the marketing team was looking at footage to pull for the trailer. Mm. And they liked that shot. Yeah. Mm. And that's how they ended up with it. I've heard a similar, similar story with the TIE fighter shot, too. Oh. Which was cut because of a beat. The, the X-Wing taking out the, the yeah. ATACT mm. was sim- similar to what they had planned for that beat. But, again, that the marketing team was like, we, uh, we don't care if it's not in the movie. We're going to take it. Yeah. Uh, which is what marketing teams do. Um, <laughs> the battle between creative and marketing is a war that is waged, will continue to be waged for years to come. Um, I, but my, yeah, my, number one, that's cool. I want to I want to go play Star Wars. That's what I'm saying. I have no problem with Gareth doing what, Indie Hour, they said? Indie Hour but for it, an it, it hour. No problem with that. Almost all of them were just sort of like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Right. It makes no narrative sense. I mean, <laughs> it's almost like if you go back to like old... You know, movies, and it's like, hey, an Ewok sitting on Jabba the Hutt's head. That's beautiful. Like, right. that's never going to make any narrative sense in this film. Mm-hmm. Imagine if that was in the trailer for Return of the Jedi. Just like, yeah. It's yeah. an Ewok feeding Jabba from his snack aquarium. Like, what the, but that, that's yeah. beautiful. But yeah. And, and that's that, basically what's in this film. And that is the thing. Look, there's some stuff in The Force Awakens, Maz Kanata being at the Rebel base and the lightsaber. I didn't re- I didn't remember till the movie was over yeah. and it was brought up. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, the, the the TIE fighter one was the big one where it's like, okay, Jin's on the catwalk. Here, Here we, we go. go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I guess not. Yep. Nope. Hey, they're not on the beach running with the plans. They're, uh, the, the, the walker's not shooting at the uh, Cassian. Uh, and, and then that shot, I mean, that's a great shot. No wonder. I'd capture that on, on yeah. film, too, because it was a great shot. And, like, okay. Even the behind-the-scenes footage were like, okay, so Cassian undercover is going to fight a stormtrooper. No, I guess not. Mm-mm. There was just so much of it. Yeah. And this was... I mean, I understood that marketing teams are going to do what they want to do in terms Mm -hmm. of making it. But this really clarified for me, I don't think anybody but the marketing team ever had the vision of the movie that that first trailer told us about, apparently, except for the marketing team. I used to take, (laughs) we all discussed, and we were like, oh, this film used to be much more about Mm -hmm. uh, Saw Gerrera goes too far, and Jin is his protege. Will will Jin lose her soul? Because that is what that trailer was about. Our very first time, I kind of complained about it, because like... That's yeah. a, that's an old Star Wars story. That's, right. You know, that's the story of Anakin and Luke and yeah, Kylo. Right, uh, right. Will you lose your soul? What will you, you become? become? As the lights go out and you're yeah. wearing dark armor. And like, Ugh. I was like, why are they, why are they pushing that? And like, yeah, it's supposed to be the new Star Wars different. Mm-hmm. And it turns out just some marketing people like, this sounds cool. This and they were damn right. It did sound <laughs> cool because we all loved it. But it's fascinating to realize <laughs> yeah. that. Movie that was advertised to us. Yep. Not a missing scene. A totally different movie. Yeah. Never even existed in the mind of the director. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. It's well, crazy. to hear that that interview with Ben Mendelsohn uh, last week, where he kind of said, "Oh yeah, there's definitely we did like five or six takes of every version." Yeah. And again, that's not abnormal to the filmmaking process. That's that's why I feel for Gareth Edwards and Lucasfilm and everyone because this, they're not doing things to me that seem abnormal on big movies and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was so apparent, mm-hmm. and uh, the reshoot stories got annoying. There's still it's become a punchline. I I say it as a joke. Reshoots, but that's why there's a gif of Jennifer. That's why. Oh, that's right. Oh reshoots are. 
coming. Reshoots are coming. <laughs> but yeah, but it just the more and more. And then to hear even Mendelssohn kind of the interview was kind of grumpy of him, just like ah, there were some other takes I, I kind of liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And that they shot the scenes from seven different emotional angles. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, you know the the I still want the one of him dressing down Vader. Yeah, because that's a measure of the power. Like oh, wow, right. that's awesome. He's talking down to it. Oh no, he, no, he's cowering. You know, uh, it's just a middle manager trying to get credit for his job the whole movie. And yeah, <sighs> it's interesting. We could go on. Chris Taylor, could you write that damn chapter in the next <laughs> book? It's just crazy. And it, going back to the the editor's story, I'm like, no wonder they, they had three editors on this film because there was so much footage to wade sure, through. Sure. Like you're saying, seven, you know, seven different yeah. angles of one shot. <laughs> of yeah, one you know, scene. Movies are made uh, on the paper when you shot, and then when you edit, they're made three times. Mm-hmm. It's the old adage. Um, editors do a lot more than uh, I think the general public uh, would would know. But this one, yeah, it just seems Oof. like they had a lot of power. Yeah, because yeah. they're going All through, and they're, it sounds power. like they're, yeah, they decided uh, who Krennic was going to be yeah. in mm-hmm. the movie, ultimately. Because mm-hmm. if you have a rainbow of emotion from Ben Mendelsohn, I'm sure every single one of those takes yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting stuff. A lot, a lot to discuss. Uh, so the last story is moving forward into the Han Solo film realm. Han Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> Variety is reporting that Woody Harrelson is the top choice to play Han Solo's mentor in the upcoming Han Solo film. Apparently, executives wanted this role to go to an actor with considerable clout and started meeting with actors over the past several weeks. I actually think that this rumor has some truth to it because Alison Shermer is producing the Han Solo film, and she also produced The Hunger. Games, mm-hmm. so she has close ties to Woody Harrelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys feel about Woody Harrelson in the Star Wars galaxy? I got, I got two feelings. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, just the confirmation of the mentor character to me confirms that we are going to see a lot of the predictable things that we expect from Han Solo's origin. Mm-hmm. It's the one mm-hmm. that Luke is kind of roughed out and told some various people. Mm-hmm. It's the one that's in the A.C. Crispin series mm-hmm. of three novels oh. that's now in Legends oh, yeah. uh, that very much has that mentor character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited to know, like, oh, I think we are going to see the very traditional story of here's Han rescuing Chewie and here's how mm-hmm. the life debt happened. And a, right. a lot of the kind of things that as fans you used to kind of know about Han Solo are right. going to be made canon. Uh, I didn't read those books, but in research uh, and, and, and just knowing some of the EU, uh, Garrus Shrike or Shriek is yeah. his name. Yeah, that is in those no- the Crispin novels. Uh, I'm on board character-wise and I'm on board... Woody wise. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about Woody. Let's talk about Woody. Uh, any thoughts on that, Joseph Jennifer? Yeah, at first I was like, yeah, I wasn't. I, I, had, a, I had a noise reaction, yeah. an emotional noise. Like, yeah. And then I decided what I think Woody Harrelson, and I don't mean this against him, is a person. I think he is good at playing mm-hmm. uh, assholes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's who the character should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I am happy about it. Yeah, Jennifer? I, at first I was like, yeah, cool. And then I went, wait a minute. He's like Hamish from Hunger Games, who was basically... the. So I'm like, yeah. I get why they're doing it. I think he's a fantastic actor. He's so unpredictable. I love that. But I'm like, why not go a little bit different? Let's go outside of the usual realm. Let's go with like a, a, a Jeffrey Wright from um, Westworld. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Who's also in Hunger uh, Games. Uh, and in James you know? Bond, yeah. Yeah, great. right. Just maybe go a different Slider, yeah. angle than the less predictable. I'm listening. I'm know? listening. I'm a, I'm a Woody fan from certain, just maybe it's because I watched Cheers so much. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I'm a big fan of the Hunger Games books, not so much the movies, but I thought he was one of the only bright spots in the movies for me consistently. Um, uh, and uh, Zombieland, too, uh, could oh, be argued yeah. somewhat some mentor-ish, reluctant mentor role. So I'm on board. I like it better than Christian Bale. Christian Bale's probably yeah. the better actor, but I just think Woody looks like a Star Wars character to me. Mm-hmm. True. His, his, the clips of him in the uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, he looks menacing and tough and evil and mean. Yeah. Ooh. So all of that can factor in. But I'm, I'm not... I'm not close to what you're saying. I mean, Jeffrey Wright, I, he, he could read, you know, uh, aspirin yeah. commercial. <laughs> and I, I think he's one of the best actors out there. He really um, is. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that at all. Because yeah. it almost works so well that much like what you're saying, Joseph, right. it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be that. Yeah. This is he's this is going to be that the grumpy mentor and blah blah. blah. Yeah, the guy who kind of takes him in, but almost the Charles Dickens character that pops up a lot, the mentor who kind of teaches you how to do this scummy thing so you can get by in oh, the world slash yes. galaxy, but yes. also gives you a horrible <laughs> life and is a terrible father figure and is the reason that you emotionally can't connect to other people. Yeah, uh, yeah. because of this guy, I think. Uh, Cheers is a huge influence on me, and I think I, I think that n- vocal emotional noise reaction was. Woody from Cheers can't be the mentor to Harrison Ford? <laughs> Are you people insane? Do you know how time works? Oh, wait. Yep. 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 Okay, yep. got it. All yep. right, I'm on board. He's a, yep. he's not Woody from Cheers. He's a seasoned, amazing right. actor. <laughs> right. It's definitely interesting. I mean, uh, this movie has an opportunity to bring in a lot of different people in. It's it's succeeded in some ways and I know the Amelia Clark casting was uh, you know par for the course a little bit too much um, but uh, but I think hey, having the mother dragons is a good thing and having having Woody's a good thing uh, well I gotta you work on my phrasing but um, <laughs> really really gotta work on that phrasing um, but yeah you know what I mean like it's it's uh, uh, I'm open to it I, I really feel he feels like a Star Wars character mm-hmm. finally some Woody in Star Wars finally on yes. <laughs> solo movie to have the first sex scene in Star Wars <laughs> be, but it's definitely interesting and I like like that they were going after a big name. Yeah. I, I was okay yeah. with that. Okay yeah, that. so that rounds out the news. It does, and that was said. We were playing catch up a little bit, but we'd like to give uh, give you guys our take and go in a little bit deeper than other places that we have a chance to talk about Star Wars. So uh, you have any thoughts on those news stories you're playing catch up with us? You can, of course, go to uh, at Force Center Pod and use hashtag Force Center to let us know your thoughts on some of these big, big stories. It's a great year to be a Star Wars fan. It's been a great past five years to be a Star <laughs> Wars fan. Hell, it's been a great 40 years to be a Star Wars fan, Joseph. Swaddled in Star Wars all Um, these years. So much stuff out there. And one of the things that is out there for us to take in, enjoy, and sometimes criticize and laugh at, but overall, so happy it's there. It is Star Wars Rebels on Disney XD. And it came back from a little bit of a break with two big episodes, a big double episode more than anything, but they are uh, separate episodes on the production tracker. Trust me, I know. Um... (laughs) And uh, it is the ghosts of Geonosis. Geonosis? I sound like I'm drunk. <laughs> the ghost of Geonosis, which brought Sagarera back into animated form. Yep. Where he started. And uh, if perfect fallen out of uh, Rogue One. Um, we have all had a chance to see it, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to do a full-on review. That's not what we do here all the time. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this big episode, a uh, little arc that they got going on here. Joseph, Jennifer, Jennifer, dive on in. Where where are you at this? Well, this? I feel like I always catch, I catch the great episodes. I mean, I'm not a consistent uh, watcher of the show. Right. But again, I just, I, I really enjoy it when I do catch 
catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just little things. I love the force theme when Kanan moved that bridge. Yeah. The music in oh, these episodes the music. was so great. Wasn't it? I yeah. really yeah. enjoyed that. It was so cinematic. And I think mm-hmm. that's what I, I really am enjoying about this um, show. I also really liked Hera. No, I don't know how mm-hmm. she has been. I mean, I, I know she's obviously been very prevalent on the show, but for me, I just was like, wow, this is a great character that could translate so well on screen. I think so too. Yeah. I, I think all the characters are coming into focus a little bit more. Like mm. they've always been there, but I think they're getting a few more moments mm-hmm. to shine where the individual specific traits that they have, they're popping out a little bit more. Yeah. Right. And Sabine as well. And mm-hmm. in the second episode, she really had that kind of badass moment. Where I'm so like, great. Oh, this is, so there was a lot of, we're talking about the moment where she like things. launches up on the jetpack. Yeah, so yeah. many people, myself included, love that scene. I cheered. Yeah. It's yeah. a great moment in my home. Yeah. It's a great moment. So, yeah. I mean, we can talk about the more yeah. specific things, but overall I was like, I was really impressed. Yeah, really yeah. Joseph. Yeah, I really liked it. I've, I've been enjoying Rebels. Uh, it's been growing on me even more, and I feel like talking through it with you guys has helped me kind of pin down mm. the the things that bug me. Mm-hmm. It, more than anything, is I would just love them to do more two parters and more arcs like the Clone Wars used to do. Yes, because mm. I always feel like, oh, we had a Sabine episode, and I'm really connecting with Sabine, and then we go off and we meet. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, our Rebel characters aren't even the focus, and that's often. I feel awesome. I know Hondo more than. I know Sabine. Yeah, sometimes. I would rather. Yeah. Sure. So this got to dig in, and I, I yeah. feel because it, we got to dig in. We got two things. We got to see almost all the characters do cool cinematic stuff. Like yes. Kanan got to do that very cool, fun to watch force move with the bridges. Right. Sabine got to do that awesome action. We got yeah. plenty of time with Saw Gerrera. Yeah. And this is a thing that I want to ha- maybe do like an episode on. We got back to serialization. Mm-hmm. It is the part of Star Wars storytelling that I think is in in the biggest risk because it wasn't mm-hmm. really there in Rogue One. That feeling of real to real Saturday morning cereal out of the frying pan into the fire that was an important ingredient in it's, the original it's trilogy. The DNA of Star Wars. Mm. It's the DNA of Star Wars of you never know what's going to happen next. Right. Our characters going from plot A to plot B are going to run into at least three weird conflicts right. on the way, so they're always in trouble. And when they do the like this two-parter, it had that sense of that of like we're just trying to get off the planet now. Right. And now we have this fun problem and we have this fun problem and it feels exciting in like a Saturday morning cereal again. Mm, right. Great point. So I that's, totally agree that. I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed these episodes a lot, and I want to say that up again. I'm going to say it again. I enjoyed these episodes <laughs> a lot. All right. Oh, okay. I loved Wait, it. What's um, love Saw. I love the character of Saw Gerrera. I think there's so uh, so much there. And one of my biggest disappointments comes out of the fact that I loved Saw so much that I wanted some answers and didn't get them. Like I, th- I like I want to know how how does this guy still strong and virile and a uh, man in charge become lies deception? Yeah. Um, and I thought for a moment the grenade was at his foot, and I thought, oh, it's going to happen, oh, and it didn't. Yeah. Um, but that was the biggest problem. Is I left those two episodes going, oh, I didn't get what I wanted out of Saw, but that means we'll probably still get it, whether it's on this show, comic, book form. Yeah. I don't know if it could make a, a novel, but so I'm excited because mm. I think this character is very important to the Star Wars family right now. If we find out why C-3PO has a red arm, we're going to find out how Saw loses his feet. We need to. <laughs> right? You know? We need That's to. just fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. just fair. I mean, I'm okay with not knowing in canon now how Grievous coughs, all right? I knew before <laughs> it was Mace Windu, but uh, uh, now that's changed. So that was one of my biggest problems is it just was so good that I wanted more and I felt yeah. I was leaving. That's not that that's a, that's not a criticism. That's actually maybe a compliment. Uh, the other thing is the big, the ghost of Geonosis, and, and we've talked, there's been so many hints at what happened, what happened, what happened, what, what did the Empire do? And I felt 
it was this mystery. It was this mystery. And at the very end, they're like, oh, oh, they poisoned him. Anyways. Um, <laughs> no, insecticide. Insecticide. <laughs> it was almost like right. fan, uh, intended as fan service that felt like fan disservice. Because yeah. it feels like they have sprinkled these clues everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you like Geonosis, if you like that story. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been so uh, titillated every time there's been a mention of it. Yeah. I just wanted them to yeah. spend some time on it. Like, yes, yes. I can yeah. figure out what happened. Yeah. Like, because I've seen some people go like, well, duh, of course, we all figured it out. Like, yes, they laid out the clues so we could figure it out. Sure. I still wanted to see it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, it. Rogue One didn't address it like I thought it might have. I mean, yeah, it was Catalyst only... didn't address it yeah. like I thought it might. Right, right. And maybe, maybe more disappointed by Catalyst. And, you know, I love that book. But, yeah. yeah. So, so um, yes, at the very end, like... Oh, they, these big things of poison. No, We're like, starting to learn like right. where the fixtures come from in the Death Star. <laughs> like, and this is an important part of this story that I wanted to see. But I still think that that means the answer is still out there, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in some ways they answered it. Yeah, they answered poison, it. But right. I think the story somehow, what's going on there, there's... Be, by design, there's very little from the emperor himself during this time because that's what he did in yeah. terms of story. He hid himself away, and he's this character that Krennic is desperate to meet and get an audience in, and then no one knows much about him. And uh, even in A New Hope, you know, the emperor's this 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 locked away person. So um, I still think there's a lot uh, lot left to be answered during this 19 year time period, and that could be one of the questions. Yeah. But overall, this this episode was great. Uh, I love that Forrest Whitaker was was back though. I feel bad for the the actor. I forget his name. See, that's part of the problem. I forget his name. Who did who, who, who played him originally in the Clone Wars? Yeah, mm, right. I like that they pushed Saw too, and I like that they yeah. made him legitimately scary because that yeah. would have also been a disappointing promise that Mon Mothma's at that you know great line in yep. Rogue One about you know yep. we've had some problems, had some problems, and I it's great to see the problem. They did that yeah. very 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 well. Um, and again, this the character Saw was important to George. It was uh, now rumored to be that that was the the live action TV show had. F- f- Featured Saw. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. there was some of that stuff. And then again, going back to the Ultimate uh, Visual Dictionary that came out at Star Wars Celebration a couple years ago, I mean, Saw's in there for like a little section, and I remember reading it and just going, oh, yeah, Saw Guerrera. But if you read it, and I've mentioned before, the last line is like, he's very key to the rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, and um, the clues were there that this character was important there. Um, the trailer for the uh, second half of the season, we want to talk about that. Yeah. We especially need to talk about the end. But Jennifer, do you get a chance to see that and react and scream and cry and, and get excited? I did. Again, I'm like, wow, how do I miss this show? I need to get on this. <laughs> so exciting. So many things happen. And I, I was literally, I was going back. I'm like, oh, what did I miss there? Oh, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, I, obviously I don't know a lot about the, the backstory mm-hmm. that's going on. But it just looked very exciting to watch. Yeah. They, they do a great job with their trailers. Oof. Yeah. This is a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody got real excited this time. Then also like, but it could just be that we're only going to see some of these really exciting moments. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and I rewatched it this morning. We just saw a lot of them. We ju- a lot uh, of the that was my point. From Ghost and I, I yeah. yep, uh, couldn't say that when I was doing a discussion of this earlier uh, <laughs> on Jedi Council, but that because the episode I had seen the episodes, like, and so we were talking about the trailer. Great, oh my god, it was like half of that trailer is in these first two episodes. Yeah, right, and so that. Scares me a little. I'm bad. fine mm. with. I wanted to say one other thing about the ghost of Geonosis, which sure. does actually tie back to the trailer uh, and Rogue One. I have so wanted them to tell the story clearly that the story group clearly decided on that the Battle of Scarif is what starts the war. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people on both sides, the Empire and the Rebels, don't really want to go to full out. War, correct, mm-hmm. and that drives a lot of Rogue One. While also not being made very explicit, right? right and I right, like right. that in Ghost of Geonosis, 
uh, they made that explicit in a couple ways where, yeah. you know, Saw was talking about nobody wants to accept that this is a war. Right. He just right. straight out says that. Mm-hmm. And then that the whole goal is to get the canisters so they can take them to the Senate. So, you know, yeah. that even people like Bail Organa are at least giving lip service to like, maybe if we tell everybody that the Empire is very bad. Yeah. We'll just vote Palpatine out. Right. Like there's still some lingering hope some- of voting Palpatine out. It's yeah. such an interesting political story. Yeah. And I'm glad that they made that clear. And it seemed like from the trailer for the rest of the episode that they're at least continuing that story of building up rebel aggression because there's yeah. that oh with Thrawn th- yeah. this, it's weird oh, right. there's the line I can't remember if it's Thrawn or Grand Moff Tarkin who says it mm-hmm. about it's weird for the cells to all get together and make a big right. attack mm. right so it gave me confidence that they're going to continue to tell that story of how the rebellion truly becomes the full rebellion right mm-hmm. which which will, will help make Rogue, Rogue One have a little more oomph to it yeah um, but again might be a criticism of the movie that the movie needs some books and comics and shows to give it some oomph yeah. uh, but that's another discussion for another <laughs> two hour show um, um, and then finally, with the trailer closes, uh, and then we can move on to some fan questions here. So the trailer closes with Obi-Wan in the desert, Joseph. Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. I thought of you. you. Were the, yeah, you were the oh, first God. person I oh, I was you. excited, <laughs> yeah. but then I thought about you. Yeah. I was very excited, and I feel like such prequel justification mm. that he does his uh, lightsaber fighting form pose yes. with yes. the two fingers that people make fun of, and I will love to my dying day. <laughs> <laughs> I, part of me wants it to right now go to a playground and yeah. do that pose as Obi-Wan Kenobi because it's just such a cool, like, I don't know. I know it's a lightsaber form, but I don't even know if those are canon anymore. It's just cool. It's just cool. Um, I'm I'm so excited to see it. I'm excited mm-hmm. that Maul has become a real presence in a continuing story. Yep. I am torn in uh, uh, our next episode that we're recording mm-hmm. on Force Center. We're doing some uh, audience questions, and one of them is about the whole what is the future of Obi-Wan movie, so I don't sure. feel like we need to talk about it a super a lot this episode because it'll be in next yeah. episode. Tune in next week. But I'm a little. It, it is definitely that weird mix of like I'm so excited to see this. Yeah, that is really taking a big chunk of what could be an Obi Wan movie and putting it in Rebels. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it is definitely there. There's some conflict inside me. Conflict. Mm. I can feel the conflict yeah. in you. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there too. But Jennifer, your thoughts when you see Obi Wan in the desert? Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, th- th- this is the movie. Oh we Okay, so does this mean that it's going to be just a little, a little bit? We're going to get a little taste. It's going to mm. prepare us because they've been doing such a great job of mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. tying in everything from yeah. the films to the show and the novels, blah, 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 so they could just continue that story mm-hmm. very nicely in a standalone oh, yeah. film, mm-hmm. you know? Or is it just kind of like, we know you guys want it, so we're going to give it to you here. I think there is there is some thought of, hey, we're, we're going to end this story with Maul. We brought him back. I right. think he's going to have to die and everything. But it, I'm taking it a little bit. I don't think this is that deliberate. This is giving, uh, this is a conspiracy theory uh, uh, too too much because I, I, I just know no one at Lucasfilm was sitting around a room and saying this, but it almost comes up to me as let's start going to the desert a little bit with Obi-Wan and those people that think this can't be a movie because they're going into a little uh, bit in the comics. Uh. Hey, there's a, there's a lot for him to do on that desert. He's not yeah. just sitting there drinking. You're right. Things can happen. And yes. I do like the story of Obi-Wan actively protecting Luke. Yeah. Because it's not as much as he just sat there meditating with Qui-Gon <laughs> right. and getting old. Right. right. Uh, and I would love it if it is not just that Maul came there to kill Obi-Wan in vengeance. Mm-hmm. But... Maul now has some glimmer of understanding that the hope of destroying the Sith is on this planet. It would be mm-hmm. amazing if Maul manages to put things together. He's like, I understand you're watching over the son of your old buddy. Yeah. I'm going to take him and I'm going to make him my apprentice. My. 
because he wanted. Yeah. So if he wanted Luke, if he knew Ooh. Luke was there, yeah. and wanted him to be his apprentice, that's interesting. And Obi Wan, you know, d- defends Luke up to you know just a couple of years before we see him in yeah. A New Hope. Oh, that would be exciting. Yeah, but what's gonna happen? And because it's Rebels, is Maul's gonna walk up? Obi Wan says, "I think you're in the wrong place." And then Maul says, "Nope, nope, I'm kind of hungry. Got to meet." Yeah, and they sit down, they barbecue, <laughs> they kill a puffer pig, and they grill it, and then the episode ends with them uh, just talking about old times. <laughs> Breaking well. bread. So to speak. And Hondo will be there too. <laughs> and Hondo will come by. Uh, I kid, I kid, I love it. I think that was a great shot of him around the campfire. I absolutely love it. Is it is beautiful. Yeah. And we'll see where it's going. All right, we do want to get to some audience questions as we wrap up this episode. We love that you guys send us questions. Follow us at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center or the hashtag Force Center Pod. And we also got that Facebook page. You'll be hearing more about that at the end of the show. But Joseph, we got some questions. That's right. Uh, these are our audience questions and an opportunity for me to possibly miss pronounce your name and then have a more accurate pronunciation offered by Jennifer. That's what this segment is all about. Uh, Our first question is actually, we're not attributing it to anyone because several people uh, wondered what our opinion was of the music of Rogue One and if it had changed over multiple viewings. Mm. Uh, Ken, do you have strong music opinions? I came out of the movie and Christian Harloff was the first to say he didn't like the the music and and, um, I think... uh, Mark Riley and I, hey, we're sitting around the office and then Campy and everyone were like, no, no, we, we, yeah, music didn't stand out. Oh, it didn't stand out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've seen the movie only three times now. I might try to see it a fourth tonight. I'm trying to debate that. Um, and I'm okay with it. I, I, I agree with what Christian says. I'll echo what he says. It's a great sci-fi score. But then people have been telling me, hey, you got to listen to it outside of the, the movie, which... Um, um, seems weird to say, hey, no, don't worry, it gets better by itself. But you know what? Force Awakens did that to me. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Ray's theme's now one of my favorites. I didn't come out of the movie recognizing that as a theme I liked. Me it was too. when I had to hear it isolated. Mm-hmm. Jedi Steps I was on board with right from the beginning. I love that. Um, so there's some creams to that. So I've purchased the soundtrack, and when it comes up, there's some great stuff. And then if you listen to Star Wars Oxygen, which is on Rebel Force Radio, yeah. uh, my, my pal Mark Riley is uh, big on that show. David Collins hosts it, and they go into it, and and... and it's one of those things like, hey, if you calm down and listen, here's what's going on. There's actually yeah. a lot of Star Wars themes in it. It was very smartly done. Uh, uh, Giacchino only had four weeks to do this, which is insane. Yeah. So I give it a little bit of a pass, too. I, I don't dislike it Yeah, for me. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it. Yeah. Did it have the big, is there a Krennic's march? No. No. But there were some missed opportunities in the movie, but that's not necessarily the score's fault. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I really I enjoyed it. It did it was not distracting, which is good. Although it nothing really stood out to me except for the Vader scene at the end. Mm-hmm. That to, the music was so swelling that yeah. it just added so much. Excellent point. That I was like, I could listen to that song yep. or that whatever over and over again. Mm-hmm. But that was really the only time where I was like, yes. Okay. You know, so I actually with the editors, they were talking about how originally they were trying to figure out about the transitional wipes. So initially they actually put in John Williams score Okay. and the score fit with the wipes. But the minute that they took out his score, the wipes didn't fit. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how it all kind of fits together. I think that this particular score works well with Rogue One. Okay. Yeah. I might have to listen to it on its own, though, to really appreciate it. I think I like it better than most people. I particularly like the Jetta theme. Mm. Uh, it's very okay. it, it is sort of reminiscent of some of the music that gets used when we're first meeting uh, Tuscan Raiders. It's got like drums and that sort of distant forlorn. You're, you're right about that. Yeah. Yes, point scrimshot. You're and right. It, yeah, wow. it, it comes up twice, and it's sort of like it reminds you that this is sort of a rugged, isolated 
mm-hmm. but uh, important, almost sacred yeah. place. Sacred place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I really like that. I also just like how sharp and almost angular it is. It attacks you. It is not melodic, and that starts from the beginning of that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things about Rogue One is that, you mm-hmm. know, it just... Not only do we not have a crawl, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. planet, story, here we go. Uh, yeah. And it, that continues a lot throughout, and it, it accompanies the action better where this is not the story of fateful heroes destined mm-hmm. to bring victory. But desperate people, desperately trying. Yeah. And the music is like always kind of hammers. It, it adds mm-hmm. to the desperation of the action. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that, and that's why I think I, I didn't have a negative opinion coming out of it. Um, a non-opinion, which which sometimes we construed as negative. But I, I did like the beginning, and I like that. I think maybe without the crawl, um, that's a separate discussion. But if there had been that big Star Wars theme at the beginning, yeah. I think just mentally, me and a million other people would have been like, I like the score. It had the Star Wars theme. Right. <laughs> Because we're stupid sometimes. Yeah. Me, I'm the leader of the stupid squad. And and sometimes we're just fooled by those little things. The rest of the movie could have been everything. Could have been the Ewok theme. Yeah. But we'd have been like, it had, this, the, it had that and I liked it. Yeah. Because um, it kind of ends the same way. It's classic Star Wars ending to yeah. me. Um, so uh, overall, and I know a lot of our fans felt we maybe didn't put enough thought into it. It just... It just slipped our mind. We were trying to get as much as we could out about Rogue One. Yeah. We didn't have a full-on 20-minute discussion about the music, but I, I, I think uh, that also speaks a little bit to what the music was in the movie. It was kind of there. Yeah. But I think upon some taking a step back, which is what we do well here at Force <laughs> Center. Take a step back. Take a step Take back. A step Calm back. down. Relax. Yeah. Uh, they did a good job. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a few thoughts on the music. Thanks for all the question, guys. Moving on to Clone Wars Caleb at CNM67. He says... Uh, when he could use all other force powers, why couldn't Vader use force lightning? This is a classic sitting around talking about Star Wars question. Mm-hmm. I think might have an actual answer these days, but what do you... Force really? lightning. Force lightning. Force lightning. I like the score of this say. podcast quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are missing uh, the choreography that Jennifer and Ken are doing, which is yeah. amazing. No, I'll just throw out, uh, I was reading Darth Vader's uh, full databank entry that mm-hmm. makes it crystal clear that the force lightning from Palpatine is what k- kills him. Mm. Not that he's, oh, he's weakened from Luke's attack. That's always been a debate, Good to know. too. So that's canon like, now? Okay. It's on the Star Wars.com databank. Love it. Oh. That, and I think it adds love to his it. sacrifice of like, hey, he's wounded by Luke. But you, know, you know why I love this, dies. Joseph? Because in about 1984, 85, I had this debate on the playground. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I said, no, the lightning bolts went over his head and hit him in the helmet. Vader got killed by the lightning. <laughs> that you. Me in 85. Young Ken. <laughs> Circa 85, still swaddled in Star Wars. To me, he didn't, was correct. didn't buy, die of a broken heart. He didn't, no. He got hit because you see his skull. He didn't die of a lost hand. You see his skull. Yeah. Anyway, I have always interpreted it as two things. Uh, there are myriad force abilities out there, and you kind of pick and choose what you're going to specialize at. Yeah. And then also... Uh, if you're going to shoot lightning out of your hands, they should not be made of wiring, right? Excellent point. Mm, that's very I practical. wish I had you on the playground playing with me <laughs> in 1985. Yeah. I always see it more like a finishing move, like Mortal Kombat, oh. finish him. You know, so it's like, Friendship. you know, the person's weakened, and then yeah. you hit him with the lightning bolts. Uh, yeah. And there was there was too many rebels. I just think it might have, it, it was just better to just hack yeah. him down. Yeah, and I think it's a certain skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, it's in pro wrestling. Do you have a super kick in your, or, or power bomb? Which one are you going to use? <laughs> right. And this is, what, I, yes, 
Plus, I'm always tying Star Wars to pro wrestling because they're the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. I think Vader just didn't. Eh, he's like, I'm okay. Yeah. I can throw my lightsaber. I can hold a rebel soldier to the wall. To the ceiling, cut him in half. Yeah, I don't need force. Light. After I walk past him, yeah, just to be extra big evil jerk. God. Yeah, and like Kylo specializes in holding again. people in position. Yeah, mm. mind control, mind or control. Right. And I love that. I want, I want to expand the palette of abilities, and either you know, masters restrict what they teach students, yeah. or students decide. No, I, I really like choking and throwing. I'm a choking mm-hmm. throwing guy. Yeah, it's my move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vader's a choking and throwing guy. Choking and sure. throwing guy too, and that's. <laughs> Probably why my Tinder profile's not getting swiped a lot. I don't know. Oh, oh! I just wanted to see if I could top you saying Woody eight times, oh and and I don't know. I think choking and throwing is, choking is up there. Throwing. Love it. Uh, well, that question, Caleb. Uh, moving on to the next question. And at the moment, there's nowhere else to go. Uh, from Mike Leamy at Rogue Leamy. Uh, you talked about Rogue One possibly diminishing Luke's story achievement. Do you think it did that at all? I think I am the one who was concerned mm. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was in response to a question of what did indeed come to pass that mm-hmm. the flaw in the Death Star was designed mm-hmm. and that it wasn't uh, just Luke's accomplishment. Um, so I'm curious what you guys thought. Did, was that ever uh, a threat to you that Rogue One would make Luke seem less heroic? Uh, did it make him seem less heroic? I don't think so. <laughs> Here's why. And, and Mike, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, and, and I've heard it talked about and bantied about a lot lately. And, and I've seen some of those articles. Rogue One changes episode one. Number f- Reason number four will shock you. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I, I just, you know, if you were to like, I, I golf every now and then, obviously. So, I, hey, here's, a, here's this putt. It's 20, 20 yards away. It's a long putt. Uh, 20 yards is probably too long. I haven't golfed in a while. Um, but all right, it's a long green. Here's the putt. All you have to do is put it in the hole and you win the game. Um, I still can't do it all the time. Right. Yeah. It still takes a certain skill set to hit that little white ball and get it into that little little hole in the ground. Yeah. So I still give Luke all the credit. He knew what he had to do. He turned off his targeting computer, his targeting computer self, and, <laughs> um, and still did it and used yeah. the force. Whether or not Kenobi controlled him, which is a theory. Uh, yeah, it's a nice theory. But, yeah, I, I think that's the big ticket thing to me is for, for me, I think I kvetched about uh, I don't feel that the Death Star's flaw was a plot hole like many other people do. So I think I'm lonely in that. I always like it as a story, of, uh, a story of hubris. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm fine with this. I think that it really gave weight to Jin's story to yeah. have it be something that her father chose to do so she could carry on with her father's mission. But I feel like we as Star Wars fans, this is something I feel strongly about. Yeah. Luke used the Force. Mm-hmm. Yes. To get that shot across, mm-hmm. and yeah. we sometimes in in our, our rush to mock the Empire's poor planning, yeah. we ignore that he's the new hope. He's yeah. the only hope, yeah. because you needed a Force user to destroy the Death Star, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that is his hero moment. And I don't think anything in Rogue One took that away. But I think as Star Wars fans, we should remember it's like no other pilot. Mm-hmm. If other Red Five had lived, mm-hmm. he would not have been able to make the shot. Nobody but Luke could have made the shot, mm-hmm. and he yeah. couldn't have make, made it without Obi-Wan encouraging right. him. So our two great heroes, Obi-Wan and Luke, get to be heroes in They're that moment. There. They're still yeah. there. Here, here. Yes. 
Uh, oh, and one last thing. Shout out to Mike Leamy, Rogue mm-hmm. Leamy, uh, for I didn't give you a proper shout out last episode. Thank you so much for letting us know that I was on StarWars.com on the front page. <laughs> that was very exciting. I don't, yeah. you know, I, I just went to my uh, link directly. That's great. So that was neat. Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely Thank you, amazing. And we have one uh, silly question to wrap up. Uh, it's from Merrick Wills, who says, silly question. Did Lyra name Jin after Qui-Gon Jin because of her faith in the Jedi <laughs> Order? I have, yeah, I've seen this. This is a, that's a great question. Um, um, yeah. I love with this Jedi. Yeah, well, do you like that idea? I, I don't mind it. Okay. I don't mind. Nice. It's a little homage. Yeah. You know, she's it's like if I were to name my daughter Leia, you know, it's like it's something I believe in. Yeah. And so I could see her doing that. Change okay. the spelling a little bit. Why not? Okay. Yeah, why not? Maybe she maybe she met old Qui Gon roaming around the galaxy doing things kind of his way. Mm-hmm. You look if, about him if uh, on a bad Tuesday afternoon during his lunch break, Pablo Hidalgo gets a tweet and he's grumpy about it and he says, "Yep, this is true. I'd accept it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, with it. Um, sure. You guys want that? All right, fine. Make it happen. Um, I'd be okay with it. I, I don't think it's the case, but it's funny because in my mind, I'm like, how does this happen? Does does Lyra have like a a book of uh, famous Jedi's? <laughs> yeah. You know, does she like have a trading card set? You know, like yeah, uh, Galen. I, I I just I just got a Qui Gon and a uh, Quinlan Voss in this pack of cards here, man. Uh, I don't know, uh, but it's 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 fun. Yeah, it's a fun baby I, you know, I will accept this if mm-hmm. the next standalone film mm-hmm. that's set in the same time period, the main character's name is Jarl. Yarl. After our beloved Yarl Poops. Yarl Poops. Yarl. Yarl Kiati Mundi. So, yeah, that's a really neat idea. It'd be cool if it was true. Also, it's cool that names just have similarities. And, yes. you know, there's a lot of Antilles, as George Lucas was fan. Yeah. fond of saying. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mark. Great, great questions, everyone. Uh, our next episode that uh, we're recording soon is going to be all audience questions. We'll get to yeah. as many as we can. Thank you for all the great questions. Absolutely. And you can follow us on Twitter. We've had, over the holiday break, a, a explosion in followers it's good we're still we're very very close to our goal of 1500 if you listen and you don't follow us yet that's cool take your time we're still there but we'd like to go follow you have a have you follow us uh, at four center pod you can get updates on all of our shows uh little pictures and fun little panels uh, or posts and all those kind of stuff um and uh, we want to get to 1500 there that's our goal and facebook the likes are growing it's uh we're trying to get to a thousand go to our facebook page and send us long form questions long form uh, uh, uh conversation starters and uh, that's where we go to for that so make sure you do that and make sure you're following these two fine people here we put a lot of work into this show here at joseph scrimshaw at jennifer landa and, you know i see and i see i see a lot and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to our fans directly i've noticed in your day i see a lot that go to at joseph scrimshaw at me ken napsock and at four center pod with a question but I don't see enough that say at Jennifer Landon. That's right. That's all right. I, I want your notifications to blow up as well, more you. than they already have. Thank you. Um, number one, you're you're uh, you're a talent in your own right, and a lot of various things. And if they're not following you, they should because a lot of your ventures are on there as well. Yes. So do that. I was just noticing Thank that today. You. I appreciate the support, but but this is me, Joseph, and Jennifer yeah. running this show. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Any uh, things you want to talk about, Joseph, yes. plug as you're yeah. on your way out? Yeah, yeah. I got a couple things to plug. You can, of course, find me on the Twitter and the Instagram and all the social medias. is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, two Star Wars-related things coming up right this very week as this episode is coming out. I am the week-long guest on the podcast Star Wars Minute, which is an awesome podcast that if for some reason you haven't heard of it, uh, Alex and Pete, they discuss Star Wars a minute at a time. They started many years ago with A New Hope and had no idea that Lucasfilm would explode 
<laughs> yeah. provide them with movies forever. That's great. Uh, this week, uh, we're doing Attack of the Clones. Awesome. If you uh, <laughs> listen all the way through, I get a, a, some sweet time with Obi-Wan on Kamino, and I get to end on the line that was referenced in this episode of Rebels, the famous sand line sand from Anakin. <laughs> so uh, check me out on Star Wars Minute. And then if you're in the Los Angeles area, on February 10th, I am doing a live version of my other podcast, Obsessed, at Nerd Melt Theater, and the topic of that is going to be Rogue One. Nice. Nice. That's great. Jennifer, uh, as I said, they could follow you on Jennifer Landit, but there's a lot more uh, places Mm -hmm. for them to find you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa, YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa. And I do have a new Jedi beat coming out, as I said earlier, on Carrie Fisher. That'll Mm. be out soon. Looking forward to that. You can follow me at Ken Napsock and all the things I do on there across uh, social media platforms like Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go to the official page there. Uh, My podcast, The Napsock Files, is back up and running. Just launched a Patreon page there. You can uh, go over there and support me if you find it in your heart. And more on that soon for Force Center as well. Stand by for news in that regard. Guys, that is it for today. we got some great stuff coming in 2017. want to thank you so much for joining us here now. And remember, sand, it does get everywhere. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.